Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from around the globe. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Michael Snydell. Hello. Is this the song that you assumed I was going to do? It was, but I was wondering if you were going to guess the Ethan Hawke version. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Spoilers. We'll get into it. I'm not sure how you You spoil this movie at all. Um, speaking of, uh, the person who screamed spoilers, uh, was Bill Graham. <coughs> Hello. <laughs> you, you're going to be all right there, Bill? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be fine. And a special guest here. with us today to talk about the new movie, Tesla, starring Ethan Hawke. It's Clint Worthington. Hello, everybody. I am currently licking an ice cream cone. Eventually, when I get tired of you, I will smash it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you were going for that. Yeah, all right. Okay. I too was wondering that. <laughs> I am. Um, I am petting a cat, trying to create lightning, and wondering who pets the cat of the earth. <laughs> it's gonna be a great episode. As long as you don't skin yeah. it. That was some Stephen King <laughs> shit too. That kind of. I wonder if, if how at what point is that going to be like a Q tenant? You know what I mean? Like a Q drop's going to reveal that the world is just on a cat. Yeah, on, on, a, on the a giant turtle, you mean? Who yeah, a cat on a world. giant turtle. Yeah. There, there is a lot Isn't of Men in Black. <laughs> the, yes, the cat, the cat, the universe is on its. It's on its bell. Tag. It's on Orion's yeah. bell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Spoilers for Men in Black, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? What are we doing? Um, as always, the quarantine has made some of us very loopy, and uh, all of those people decided to come here on this podcast. Uh, before we get any further. Clint Worthington, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the uh, fine folks at home? Well, hello, everybody. I am a Chicago-based film and TV critic, and editor-in-chief of a little website called The Spool that my good friend Michael Snydell also writes for. Uh, I'm a senior writer for Consequence of Sound. I've got headlines at Nerdist, Vulture, all kinds of other places. And I also co-host the podcast Travolta Cage with Raven. (laughs) Travolta Cage... What is yes. your most recent film? Oh, well, uh, get ready. Next week's ep- this week's uh, episode is going to be with our good friend Scout Tafoya um, about nice. the 1993 Nicolas Cage thriller Deadfall, directed by his uh, brother Chris Coppola, which includes the single craziest Nick Cage performance you have never seen um, as Eddie King. If you go to YouTube, find deadfall Nicolas Cage highlights. It's the greatest six minutes you'll ever see on YouTube. Um, and also it's paired with Look who's talking now. Um, the uh, the John Travolta, the third entry in the John Travolta, um, uh, Kirstie Alley, Talking Baby uh, saga. Except this time it's Talking Dogs, because why the fuck not? I was about to say, that's the one where the animals get in on the action, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and oh, it's only put animals. it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Snydell, your brain is broken. What? I mean, yes, but sh- <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. Let's uh. Let's jump through the the, the promo hoops so we can get to the full thing. 
Uh, don't forget to look for us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook, The Film Stage Show, and of course, you can email us podcast at filmstage.com. And you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash filmstageshow. For as little as $1 an episode, you get access to our super cool Slack channel, where the politics thread recently turned into a giant conversation about um, whether or not you would uh, elect an avowed atheist to any kind of higher power in our country. And that went I'm about really as glad I needed that. That is about as <laughs> that went about as well as you could expect. Um, so, if you want to be a part of that kind of nonsense, uh, you can give to our Patreon. But just remember, even if you give to our Patreon, we're not going to force you to show up there. So, if that sounds like hell to you, you could still give us money anyway and get first crack at all of our cool raffles. Again, that is Patreon.com/slash The Film Stage Show. We also, are- uh, it should be said if you are a part of the Patreon. We're going to start doing more regular cinephile games. You might have noticed that the film stage has actually finishing up their season with a cinephile creator who I don't have in front of me. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, the film stage has been doing official streams, but we want to uh, do some Patreon uh, Slack streams. Um, And so if you're interested in that, we will be putting information on Patreon as soon as I write it and figure out scheduling. <laughs> but, <laughs> and Cinephile Game was created by uh, Corey Everett. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, Corey's was, lovely. Um, yes. Yeah, so we're going to try to do something, maybe get past yes. Maybe I'll just ask Clint right here. Clint, <laughs> you're forced to come on the next Cinephile. <laughs> That's totally fine. I've been meaning to, to to figure out like I should get the spool on to doing cinephile game nights. Yes, you should. Um, but yes, uh, so that will happen. So pay attention to your <laughs> Patreon for a less long-winded explanation of how that'll work. Beautiful. Fantastic. Uh, we are also <laughs> brought to you by Mubi. Um, Everyday Mubi uh, premieres a brand new film, whether it's a timeless classic, a cult favorite. Or to claim masterpiece, it's guaranteed to be either a movie you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before, but you will love anyway. All of their films are hand-selected, so you don't have to wrestle with an algorithmic monster in order to get your fix of pure, beautiful cinema. Some of the stuff that they have coming your way. <clears throat> the Recorder Exam, along with her feature debut, House of Hummingbird, this utterly charming and resonant short about family, friendship, and school marks Korean director Kim Bora as a major talent. Its gentle, emotional sensibility and deep respect for childhood showcase a keen observation and rare compassion. Not only that, we have a movie that we talked about, I believe, last year when we discussed this director's newest film, uh, Ashes Purest White, and that is Mountains May Depart uh, by... <laughs> I we did a whole ja, episode. Uh, yeah, ja. how do I not remember? Say ja. <laughs> ja Zanki. Um this yeah. 2015 film from China um is uh, one that we talked about a lot on our Ashes Purest White episode and I kept saying, "Oh man, I need to see that. I got to see that because even though I'm not sure I like this film, I really seem to dig what this director's doing." And thanks to Mubi, it's now easier than ever for me to check this film out. So, check it out. Uh, go to mubi.com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial. Again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial. And now we're going to do our brief little COVID corner update, see how everyone's doing with the uh, strange new world that we live in. Um, a lot of 
shit has happened over the last <laughs> couple of days. I, I was like, maybe I should say news. Um, when is it not? When is new shit not happening? Hasn't it been just an unending stream of new shit every day since it's, like it is 2017? <laughs> I um, I do want to say that like there was a lot of movie related stuff and all of that. I would also uh, almost categorically uh, file under the headline of shit. <laughs> um just once again talking about Oh, don't the... tell me you're not excited for the Comey rule. <laughs> oh, I watched that today and I was like, what am I what is this? Like Brendan Gleason looks like he's doing a great job, but I don't need Will McAvoy right. to take down champion Trump. of boomer champion of, of, of all. Um the the problem with Brendan Gleason as Trump is that I feel like just Trump is just going to be an inherently um difficult person to convey because actors, especially skilled actors, are going to be too innately concerned with giving their character an inner life that the real person <laughs> well, so just that was the funny have. thing is that like, like there's a scene in that trailer where he shakes Comey's hand and then pulls him to him and whispers yeah. in his ear like I'm looking forward to getting to know you and I'm just like that that in that infers that Trump has an interior menace <laughs> and conniving yeah. that I don't believe he has he is a toddler with a machine gun, you know? And I just yeah. like to have, like, there's a point when they're having dinner. He's like, I need loyalty. And I'm just like, the way that he says that makes him seem like a mob boss. But that is not who this man is. He's a petulant, yeah. scared little boy who probably said that in the, the stupidest, most childish way possible. Anyway, uh, so yeah. the Comey rule looks frightening um, in all the wrong ways. The Batman... I watched the trailer for that on my phone in the pitch darkness and I couldn't see a fucking thing. <laughs> and I, I, this is just like how Twitter works. Like I, before I even saw the trailer, I saw people going like, oh, this movie looks beautiful. And then they'd post four pictures where 5% of the photo was actually intelligible. And I was like, oh, people are dunking on this movie. And then I'd click it and realize that they were being serious. And I am uh, shocked and scared and frightened, and I don't know what to do anymore. Um, so there's that. <laughs> Tenant reviews are out. It's getting typical late period mixed Nolan. Um, I don't know. It's Let's, actually pronounced Tenay. Tenay. Like Trumay. Yeah. Dude, if Tarjay. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's a it's the Midwestern mom pronunciation. <laughs> I am um, I now that you've said that all I want is a sequel to Treme. <laughs> John Where David, they try to revert time reverse Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, John David Washington <laughs> goes undercover as a trumpet player. And uh he tries to stop the levees from breaking. Anyway, uh so let's talk about some real stuff. Let's talk about uh, some Kino, some pure Kino. Clint <laughs> Worthington. How are you holding up? You just you, before we we officially began this, you said that you were uh, rocking a little home reno, turning your second bedroom into a home office. How'd that go? Uh, it, it went all right. I think we've got a pretty decent setup here in terms of how I'm doing kind of in the immediate. Um, it was uh, last weekend. We had a bit of a weird scare because my my wife had a kidney stone. Uh, oh, oh my god nowhere. so that's how we spent our saturday but luckily we're going to make up for it this week where i think uh this wednesday uh after we record this um my wife and i are going to go up to my dad's wonderful house in michigan because he's going to be away so we're going to spend a nice long weekend not being in front of a computer 
being outside because um, we don't have to worry about like, that? idiots with masks, <laughs> with no masks walking past. And just like we just bought a bunch of like we Instacarted like $250 worth of shit from Costco. <laughs> just like, all right, 32 hot dogs. Let's do this. <laughs> 250 pizza rolls we got it it's just like gonna be like uh i don't know it's just gonna be like the the two 17 year olds having a great old time playing video games and eating pizza rolls <laughs> that sounds amazing yeah i'm jealous this sounds pretty awesome yeah all right that's all i got <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's, everything else that's is good. terrible <laughs> what about you bill graham you said you had some stuff you wanted to spout off about yeah, so uh, I had something interesting happen where, uh, much like our guest, Clint, uh, I was kind of upgrading our home office, and uh, I got a new desk. My uh, fiancé was tired of the uh, cheap, probably $80 stand-up desk that I had uh, put together that's actually a drafting table. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yeah, no, this thing's great. It's and a she's like, desk? What is that, yeah. like a brick wall behind it? No. <laughs> <laughs> what is the deal? What the angle on this desk? You knew what you were in for when you invited me on this podcast. If you use your laptop on a desk, why is it at a desktop? <laughs> it should be said here that Clint is the deranged mastermind behind uh, the spool headlines, which are <laughs> every so time you post egregious. one of your reviews, I become furiously angry with you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I've got the Bill Gabiri seal of approval, so that that that's all that matters to me. That's solid. That's a solid thing to get behind. He was yeah. here on the episode last week. I uh, I made him laugh a couple times. I felt vindicated for every life choice I'd ever made. <laughs> right. Anytime that we have any guest on, and I'm just like, oh boy, this person is a billion times smarter than me. I better make him or her laugh a lot, so I feel like I bring some value. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> and it works. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, uh, so my fiance was like that that stand up desk not working for me. Uh, you need what to upgrade. What is the stand up desk? Uh, I, I I was trying to be a little bit more healthy, uh, not not sitting on my ass all day, and so yeah. that what I ended up doing was I ended up using a stool to then sit on my ass all day. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, it's like it's like when you when we remember when we used to go to bars. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. you actually well, no, like work you... like after a screening or something, you like go to a bar and like grab your laptop. And you'd be like on the stool, feel like a little, little big boy. It feels like that's what that replicated. And so mm-hmm. I miss that. And so I'm glad for you for that. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, I no longer have that desk. I uh, ordered a different desk from Wayfair and nice, shiny new desk. And it's going to match her desk. And I was like, all right, this is going to work great. It's big. Um, I've always wanted a big, big desk. I think this is like 55 inches wide or something like that. So plenty of, yeah, plenty of space. And uh, they sent me an email uh, I noticed that the tracking hadn't changed in a while and I was like, okay, this is weird. This thing's like lost or something. And so I emailed them and they were like, don't worry, we'll send you another one. And the tracking number updated. And I was like, huh, okay. So they didn't send me a new one. They just resent, I guess, the one that they had. And uh, then they emailed me about two days later saying that it would be delayed until mid September and I was like, <laughs> I'm not waiting that long. And so, and at this like, point, you had already gotten rid of the other desk. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, it's, okay. it's, it's actually sitting behind <laughs> me right now. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, I went ahead and ordered another kind of similar desk on Amazon. I was like, I'm not waiting until September. Well, turns out I checked the tracking number that they had originally sent me and it was still progressing. Even though they had went ahead, I had already canceled the other uh, desk, the Wayfair desk. I noticed the tracking number kept updating its its like location. And I was like, okay, this is weird. And uh, sure enough, uh, Saturday morning, a couple of weeks ago, they both fucking turned up on, on my doorstep, the Amazon desk and the Wayfair desk. And I was like, so if anyone oh, needs a desk, Bill Graham, nope, I, I already sent that shit back. <laughs> oh, man. So, yep. I got a free oh. fucking desk. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So eat it. <laughs> eat it. You should have sent the sh- Wayfair. Oh. You should have sent the shit that you were supposed to do the first time. I have is, almost I think, bought yeah. like 17 different things from Wayfair and then not bought them for exactly the reasons that you described. I'm oh, just no, so think, nervous about is, getting nothing this, or something terrible. This is mainly quarantine. I've had pretty good luck with them for the most part. We've bought a lot of stuff from them gotcha. uh, in the past like year, year and a half. But this was just one of those weird things where I think – Whatever happened, they they were batch shipping a bunch of stuff, and my desk was supposed to be on a pallet that got shipped out, and I guess it didn't get on that pallet. And then when they saw me uh, ask for a refund or you know ask for a new uh, new desk, they must have just been like, "Oh, hey, look, here's here's that desk. Let's just go ahead and put it on the next pallet out." And uh, yeah, so. Their fuck up ends up with me with a brand new desk for free. So I was pretty happy about that. Um, I, uh, on that, on almost that same level, I, so we have like the, the distillery, we're still getting like all of our grains and our barrels and everything. We're about to release our brand new uh, rye whiskey called Cobalt. It's going to be nice. hitting the shelves September 5th. And um, yeah. Good time to launch a product. <laughs> Okay, great time to launch an entire goddamn business. If you all forget, because it's been so long, we officially opened our doors in like late January. Oh my god. And here's the thing. Once the the whiskey has aged to the point that you're ready to drink it, you got to get it out of that barrel. Because it's going to keep changing on you if you leave it in there. Um, Plus, we need to make money. Uh, So that's happening. Um... And it's just been, it's been one thing after another. I've got that going on. I still got my job. Cora keeps having to go to the doctor. Ooh, uh, ooh, I got a question for you, Brian. Yeah. Are you selling the barrels to any like local brewers or anything like so that? So we have like deals lined up with a bunch of people, but it's all like, ooh, you know, after COVID, like once the business picks up again, it's so, like, we've mm-hmm. got like six different breweries i think a chocolate factory and a, um and like just a local artisan i know who are like i'd love a barrel um yeah. and then like the idea is like either the places that manufacture stuff will just buy it from us and the artist will create something give it back to us and then we'll try to sell it and then we'll mm-hmm. split profits with them but anyway so that's all going nuts did i did i did i mention on the podcast that like core put a battery up her nose mm I didn't on talk Twitter, about I think you did. Did you watch? Like, did she watch this movie before or after doing that? So the funny thing is, I legitimately think she might have done it because she's been on this thing of like I don't have any power, and then I have to like zap her with my fingers to like make her charge her up. But anyway, so she needed to. So she put a battery up her nose. I'm at work. She comes into the room crying, and I'm like, "Oh my god, are you hurt? What's wrong?" She's like, "I put a battery up my nose," and I'm like, "Why?" 
And she says, I don't know. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. So hey, I, hey, quarantine is doing weird things to all of us. No. Um, so I'm like, all right, well, I got to get something done. So I call the urgent care there. They won't take her. They're like, you got to take her to Children's Hospital. So I have to like put her in the car with a battery up her nose. Um, I got I got to take her into the city to the emergency room for Children's Hospital. They had to do like do a temperature check. They had to like ask a bunch of questions before they live in lesson. Long story short, we get through the triage nurse, at which point we are officially admitted into the emergency room. And then she sneezes a shit ton and it comes out. And I had been saying the whole time, like, we can't leave. We can't leave. We got to get the battery air nose. Once the battery's air nose, we can leave. And so she sneezes like 10 times in a row. And then she says, we can leave and stands up. (laughs) And I'm like, what do you mean we can leave? She's like, it's gone. And I said, what do you mean it's gone? Which direction did it go? And I pulled down her mask and the battery was in there. So I pulled it out. I walk over to the triage nurse. I'm like, it came out. She's like, do you want to leave? And I said, yeah. And then I still had to pay my copay. Oh, anyway. How big was the battery? Was like a watch It was like a watch battery. It was like a little Okay, now I'm just imagining a a D-cell. That's exactly what my father said. So anyway, that's that's a fun little COVID story because it's like, I just had to go get her tested, which again, involved inserting something up her nose. And then we have to go to the fucking emergency room to get the battery out of her nose. And I'm like, you have got to stop making me take you to doctors. Oh, no. So anyway, that's I'm just going to let that be my update. I've had a shit ton of stuff happen in my life, but I don't have the time. And I think that's the funniest story. Uh, Michael Snydell, anything weird or funny happen to you? Uh, Are you just still going crazy? As I was telling Brian right before... uh, So our air conditioning units in in our main room... Uh, decided to stop blowing cold air, mm. and so that's that's Good annoying timing. itself. Yeah, mm. great, fantastic. No longer timing. an air conditioner, more just like an air machine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, though, uh, that would be annoying enough. But the problem is, for some reason, at our building, they keep painting over nails and hinges so i previously had a problem with my door uh and it's painted over in a way that we are going to need someone to literally scrape off the paint and so on either side of this fucking air conditioning unit it's painted over so i'm trying to lift the cover because it sounds like it can be one of four things and three of those things are not something I'm going to fucking do. I have a question. Do people just come into your apartment and paint shit while you're there or not there? No, no, no. This is what it's been like this for years, but it hadn't previously been a problem until the fucking hinge broke. This is a new question Uh, just because you brought this up and my mind works this way. Did any of you ever pull the prank where you uh, would uh, squeeze super glue into someone's lock at like midnight? <laughs> so that by the time they woke up in the heard morning, it. it was hardened, <laughs> and like they'd leave the house and like they'd turn the the part that was like on the inside and then close the door, and then whenever they got home from work, they couldn't get their door open again. <laughs> All right, that's the move of a sadist, but okay, pretty much. So that's so no one else did that. Okay, no. anyway, no, 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 that's on you. Well, flawless segue. That feels like the type of thing Nikola Tesla would have done. Whoa! <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Michael Slidell. You really just... tried to make that stick, huh? Oh. oh. 
I don't even know what to say. I don't know if that was a pun. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> no. We've had good puns before. It's all right. You can't make lightning strike twice. Yeah, I guess so. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Anyway, these are perfect segues into our hopefully illuminating oh. conversation about Tesla, uh, the new film from writer-director Michael Almerieta. Uh, this movie stars Ethan Hawke as the titular Tesla, uh, the inventor who revolutionized electricity um, and then uh, spiraled off into possible madness and slight obscurity, never to realize his grander visions for the future. And uh, this is a strange little biopic. <laughs> And we are excited to talk about it. And I don't know why you're laughing already, but here is the trailer. Is nature a gigantic cat? And if so, who strokes its back? May I introduce the brilliant Nikola Tesla, the greatest inventor of the age. If you Google Nikola Tesla, you get 34 million results. It's basically just four pictures. Beyond that, things get murky and more imaginative. Thomas Alva Edison. Got a light? Oh, Tesla. Didn't see you then. All right. So that is the trailer for Tesla, which we will be talking about today. Um, This is where I say we'll start off with our basic thoughts before moving into a spoiler section. Again, not sure how one spoils this movie. So I don't know that we will be able to delineate a clean spoiler section. Just be aware that the more we talk, the higher the probability that we will spoil this movie. And I guess the facts of the life of a man who died 80 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Clint Worthington, what are your general thoughts on Tesla? So I got to see Tesla at Sundance, the one and only out-of-town film festival I, I've ever been to before the world collapsed, and presumably the last one to ever exist. So that was very exciting. Um, but I'd been a fan of Experimenter, the movie that he, that Almereda had done about five years ago that was about the tale of uh, – those were the life of Stanley Milgram, who did the Milgram experiment. And it's a very similar approach. So I was very, very excited going into Tesla, and I was I was happy that my expectations were not not just met – nay, exceeded by how weird and gonzo and fourth wall breaking and drunk history the the movie is. So I've been a big proponent of this movie since it came out of Sundance. So I'm glad that people are finally getting to see it. Um, it's weird. It's meditative. Um, it's it's you know, it's it's odd and presentational. It takes this very, you know, odd look at history um, and, and sort of plays with time and, and very and theatricality in a way that I find very interesting, especially given how insular and closed off the main figure is. Um, and yet it finds time for odd flourishes, like a certain scene I'm sure we will discuss near the end of the film. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I dig it a lot and I'm, I'm just glad that it's out in the world now. All right. Bill Graham, what are your thoughts on Tesla? Mm. Uh, I had no idea what to think of this film. Um, I didn't do any kind of research. Uh, if if you've uh, listened to this podcast before, I'm sure you'll be uh, just gobsmacked, right? Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And right from pretty much the outset, uh, it it definitely takes a different 
uh, stroke to, uh, you know, I think it's within the first five or 10 minutes, uh, Eve Hewson, who's, uh, kind of this, uh, female character that, uh, kind of is woven in and out of this film. She plays an important role. Um, and, uh, she, uh, talks about just like, uh, in, in that clip, she talks about like, if you Google, uh, Nikola Tesla, you know, you get a certain amount of results. And then if you Google Edison, you get a certain other amount of results and just talking about the pictures. And I was just like, Whoa, okay. Uh, I guess, I guess we're going there. Um, the music is a little bit different. Uh, it's definitely not uh, period centric. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed this film in a lot of different ways beyond just like, was it well acted or things of that nature? Um, I just enjoyed that. This is, you know, we've, we've seen so many fucking biopics, um, and this one really kind of is a little bit different. It plays by its own kind of beat. And, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, also, uh, thing that I found out today, uh, Eve Hewson, uh, is the daughter of Bono. So, Mm -hmm. and she's in the Nick too. Yeah. She's in the Nick. She's in bridge of spies. She's been in a lot of, uh, interesting stuff. Indeed. Okay. Yeah. I, I was trying to, <clears throat> when I first saw her, I was like, oh my God, where have I seen her before? Cause I knew yeah, that I had, yeah. she's got, she's got that face, right? Yeah. And, and she's been in stuff that I've seen. I just, I don't think that she's never been like a person who has perhaps stood out to me. I never saw the Nick. Mm. I will accept my flagellations off mic people. Same. Um, <laughs> all right, good. Um, but like bridge of spies I saw and, um, I, t- I do, the, the worst part was when like the movie was over and I looked her up on IMDb and I saw that she played Marion in the new Robin Hood with Taron Egerton. And I thought I never oh. saw that movie, but I was like, oh, that's where I recognize her from. That trailer that I saw 48 yep. times for some reason. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that trailer a lot, too. Yep. Yeah, I felt bad about that um, because uh, she's very good in this movie. Anyway, Michael Snydell, what are your general thoughts on Tesla? So, yeah, I really liked Experimenter a a few years ago, uh, and that that has kind of crept up in my mind as as the years pass, like it was just kind of in my top 25 or or something like that. But that's that's not relevant. I I, I mentioned that because um, I was a little bit familiar about some of the tricks he would play with things like rear projection and painted backgrounds and these anachronistic touches. Ultimately, I wish I liked this one more than I did. I I found it interesting more than really liking it. And I think there there are a lot of cool touches. And and I like how the ways that it like pretty much immediately, you know, lets you know what you're doing. I I love and it's literally like a minute and a half in the movie. And um, it is uh, Kyle McLaughlin who plays uh, Edison. Sorry, yeah, Edison, um, Thomas Edison, and he, you hear music in the background, like this uh, kind of dissonant violin, and it stops for a moment, and then he goes, Ed, you don't have to stop in relation to when I'm talking, and the music starts again, <laughs> which is like, you know, it, that, yeah. in a sense, is a certain good encapsulation of what we're doing here. Like, Bill already mentioned uh, Eva, Eve Hewson 
who plays Anne Morgan, who's like the daughter of one of the richest people at the time. And well, I, yeah, probably, you know, yeah, he's, yeah, like he's JP Morgan. Yeah. I mean, if they're a billionaire back then, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's pretty underground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. And anyway, so yeah, I, I wish I liked this more. I think I found it, you know, I wasn't even bothered by the affectations or, um, or, or like the the way that it's playing with the timeline. I just didn't find the structure quite as satisfying as I wanted. And, and there, I really do like, you know, I've spoken quite a few times before about how I want biopics that are more about the soul of the person than, you know, a cradle to grave reimagining. Um, I've just never really given a shit about <laughs> whether things are accurate to what they're like. Um, and I know that drives people crazy to no end. Um, and I, I mean, I really do like the way that this is very clearly like, we can't totally know who this person is mm-hmm. and some of this stuff we can imagine and then show something that's probably a little bit more stiffer and, you know, probably like I, but I like how ultimately this is a movie that kind of thinks Tesla is a fool like in many different ways it, it, it thinks he's not only a failure in terms of you know not being a con an economist as like and like didactically says towards the end but it's also that he's just a person who was unequipped for the legacy that it seems like he could have had if he was a different person uh, and so I, I kind of like how it's it's just kind of a lifetime of missed opportunities and uh, the way that it's it's playing on that more than anything. It's far more interested in failure and in kind of articulating the way that Tesla almost doesn't get that the things that he's enamored in are kind of pointless. Like I, I feel like one of the one of the things that really, oh god, I almost said illuminated. God, fucking damn it! Yeah, uh, one thing really shone a light on <laughs> that really uh, gave me a deeper insight into what the film was trying to go for. Is there's a point where his wife starts speaking in these like really dense, like dry, like do you want to have a legacy or do you want to, you know, be a person who makes money and, and speaking in these like really like philosophical dead ends. And he's like, Oh, you finally know what questions to ask me, but it's, it's never been more like useless and a reminder that the means the, his obsession with like the means to an end uh, was always going to make him a footnote in a way. So yeah, I, uh, that's all to say that I like a lot of these ideas in theory, but it just didn't really hold together uh, to me the way that Experimenter did. And and I, I must confess, I knew extremely little about Tesla. And I, you know, I took a psychology 101 class, so I learned a little bit about Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that that was not his wife. I don't believe he ever married. Um, I, I'm sorry. What are you referring to? You said uh, his wife said something to him. I think it was just Anne Morgan, who was kind of a confidant. I think some historians have said that maybe she held a torch for him, but like we don't know. Um, this so movie, that, that's what, even though this movie seems to lean on, she held a torch for him. It she like 
almost immediately knows like, oh, this guy ain't ever going nowhere. Like, I just, I don't even have to. <laughs> yeah, this guy's a fucking loser. I don't got to try. I like, he's never going to try to wife me up. So I'm going to, I'm going to love him and I'm going to talk to him, but I'm never even going to feel like maybe it'll work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, let me just end on a last. So I, I, I don't think this is fully a miss. I think this is interesting. And if you're tired of normal biopics, let me tell you that even the points where it feels most like this is a prestige biopic, it seems to be thumbing its nose at all of those conventions. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting, um, but it's I, I can't give it a, a much stronger recommendation than that, to be honest. Yeah, I might I might sync up with Michael on this. I um I really actually I, I enjoyed watching this whole movie, but at the end of it, I my for my initial reaction was I need to find a very good documentary and or book about Nikola Tesla. <laughs> um, sure. I've talked about this before, and I don't remember with relation to what movies I have brought it up, but there are certain movies that like you obviously don't want a movie that is too obsessed with the minutiae and small stuff of a person's life. But at the same time, like this feels like a tasting portion. Mm-hmm. This is like the, the slug at the top of a Wikipedia article in terms <laughs> of, uh, getting me amped to l- amped to learn about Tesla. Um, <laughs> I yeah. did not mean to do that. Only That's upon saying, <laughs> God, getting charged up over here so oh god <laughs> anyway. look at us alternating back and forth <laughs> <laughs> oh boy just trying to keep it current uh, man bye, just trying to keep it current <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, sorry to be so direct with you <laughs> god damn it <laughs> how did this happen I knew I was you know why this, this happened you know it <laughs> Oh boy, who knew that this would generate right. so much conflict? So, no. Jesus, what I'm trying to say is, with all oh puns, oh my god, I just realized the joke of the current war right now, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. how did you not realize this well, is like when Bill? This is like when Bill said, "I'm Harlequin," and you like freaked <laughs> out because you finally realized that Harley Quinn's name was a play on Harlequin. <laughs> Oh boy. 20 years too late. Um so anyway, what were we talking about? Uh my thoughts on this movie. I found it interesting the whole way through. It's it's funny. We've talked now and then about movies that feel like they're like the COVID movie. Like we talked about She Dies Tomorrow, a movie Surely. that Yeah, and like and and it's like um Oh, these speak towards our anxiety and blah, blah, blah. But so like this movie to me almost felt like this is a post COVID production um, (laughs) with its with its like limited scope. And it's like two actors who rarely are more than six feet um, near each other. And uh, like it's it's use of like clearly fake backdrops. And that's all stuff that I loved. But there was a part of me that was like this kind of theater of the mind almost Anna Karenina, but on a much smaller scale kind of mm-hmm. art, like clear artifice really makes it interesting. Um, there's a lot in this movie. That's, that's, that's like that. Uh, and Morgan at some point pulls out a MacBook yes. to Google uh, Edison and <laughs> Tesla and tell us what those yeah. results say about these men. 
My, my um, favorite sequence is when Edison goes to a bar a and yeah. uh, it's talking behind his back about like what he would potentially do. And you see him kind of bored at one moment. And so then he pulls out his iPhone. Right. And, that's like, Edison. So, yeah, Edison, Edison and that. Tesla talk. Edison walks away and it's like, edit this, this meeting never happened. You know, Edison never admitted that he was wrong. And like, as the movie is like, Thomas fucking Edison really could have done a good thing here. Fuck. The, the guy, Kyle McLaughlin, playing Edison, pulls out an iPhone and just starts scrolling as though he is infected by the malaise and apathy of Thomas Edison. Yeah. That's another thing this movie does. There are casting decisions that, while I believe they are correct, definitely feel as though they are being played with a kind of remove yeah um kyle mclaughlin is a little bit of that and then you got yourself uh jim gaffigan playing westinghouse yeah i had to check afterwards (laughs) well he was an experimenter too yeah so it's super weird because i'm like is this a joke about how in a movie like this you might get a comedian to play a dramatic role or like did they really want the the affability of Jim Gaffigan to cut Westinghouse some slack when he's like, I need you to give up your royalties. So the company isn't destroyed. <laughs> um, it's very well, I think weird. One of, it's one of those interesting things where, you know, because especially because I think so much of maybe what our, cause I mean, I kind of agree with you guys that the structure I think is the weakest part of it. Uh, and I just think the, the, the tone can sometimes be a lot because it, like its central figure, is so sleepy. He's a very – like Ethan Hawke's portrayal of Tesla is very withdrawn, very mercurial. And so I think, you know, to hammer home the point that he doesn't have the chops for like this kind of business and economy, um, Kyle MacLachlan and Jim Gaffigan chops, aren't huh? there. Yeah, right? Oh, the mutton chops. <laughs> um, you know, the, the cast, those people are such sort of like commanding either, – either commanding or stentorian or affable figures around which this very withdrawn person – has to has to navigate and i think th- those casting decisions i, I think were, were really delightful i actually interviewed cal mclaughlin um about this and his career for consequence of sound and it was a really really fun chat about the way he like tends to turn these capital g great men especially later in his career on their head um and i think he does that with tesla a little bit like he he has that he has that command of deadpan that I think mm-hmm. this movies like this and experimenter call for because they do have a sense of humor it's just very very dry Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, this movie is packed with actors like that, where you're just like, is that motherfucking, are you serious right now? Like, that's who I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah. James Urbaniak. <laughs> and it, uh, that yeah. kind of, that kind of, and uh, Peter Green is in this, which I found yeah. crazy. Evan Moss Backrack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just, there, there were so many, I was like, that can't be. Oh, it is. Okay. That's interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm just watching this movie and I'm like, this is crazy. And that kind of, I feel almost led itself even more to like the post COVID production. Cause it's like, look, we've all been home for six months. You've probably grown some facial hair with minimal trimming. You are period ready. <laughs> Let's get this working, man. Um, right. but again, I, I, I liked it. I liked the artifice. I liked everything. I just feel like for as as experimental as it was as you know off the not off the rails but off the the usual beaten path of one of these films that it is it's it's weird to me that it didn't strive to do anything more than kind of present bullet points i mean 
Ethan Hawke is doing some fun work here, but at the end of this movie, I don't know that I have gleaned any more from Nikola Tesla than I might have already had. He's he's doing good work, but he is almost a tertiary character in his own story because the film focuses more on how people responded to him or reacted to him or benefited from him or like slighted him. Which, mm-hmm. which in and of itself is interesting, but he's so reactionary that you never get a... He's not even like the donkey in Ahazad Balthazar. <laughs> you know, where you can kind of like pitch your own emotions onto this feckless animal. Because he's still doing enough that you're like, oh, this is a guy with feelings and emotions. Um, I just don't know what they are, what they're motivated by. Like, we get that statement about like, if the world is a cat who is stroking its back, you know. But like, uh, Tesla doesn't seem to be like driven mad by the concept of like extraterrestrial or like extra religious no. you know mm-hmm. un- unknowability you know and it's not even like he at some point is like i will be the one who strokes its back you know he he just he just sits there with like these flashes of ideas in his head that he can't quite articulate and um but you don't even see like any pain in that or like any any like someone at some point calls him like arrogant and boastful and i'm like this fucking guy well and i think you know much like much like the backdrops upon which our characters uh rest i think a lot is projected onto tesla Mm -hmm. um you know where where, like the fact that he he plays it so withdrawn that that so much of the movie itself is about all these people who know he's a genius and how they react to it whether it's with amusement or envy or you know a sense of exploitation they want to get on the gravy train or take advantage of him or capitalize on him in some way and the fact that he's so unwilling or unable to like intellectualize that i think makes him a tragic figure and i think you know i think one of it's one of those things where the movies the movie takes big swings and even like the fact that the big swings don't work make me like it more I mean, that's, yeah, that's an interesting take on it. And I, I sometimes feel that like, what is happening? <laughs> oh, sorry. Let me, let me deal with that. Someone strangling a cat to death. <laughs> oh no. There's someone strangling the world to death. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot in this movie where I was watching and I was like, I don't know that this is working. I don't know if this is working in the way they want it to be working, but I'm here for it. And I'm interested um, I do, I do, I just wish that like there was a little more Tesla in this Tesla. I like, but there's, and it's, it's almost weird because the movie is a very picaresque, almost sketch comedy esque, like kind of look at Tesla's life. So you, it would be easy to pick up individual parts that make you say like, oh, that's, that's a thing that I like. And this is a part where it doesn't work. It's so modular in that way. Mm-hmm. That um, it feels very episodic. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and I think that that sometimes works to its favor because even during the parts where you're not quite feeling it, you know that at some point you're going to get something else. And I find Tesla to be. I mean, yeah, it's this is not an interesting thing to say, but I find Tesla to be a very compelling and interesting figure in human history. Um, the the way that he not only revolutionized technology and everything, but like the weird shit that he did. There's just mm-hmm. so much there there. Like he claimed that he loved a pigeon the way a man loves a woman and then further claimed that the pigeon loved him as well. 
Um, Who's to deny him? Uh, yeah, I mean, prove prove him wrong. Don't kink shame. <laughs> well, That's my favorite well, thing on earth is don't yuck someone else's yum. And I'm like, no, I feel like I have that right in certain cases. <laughs> I, I bet I, I, I could name a few that people would be like, oh, no, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Look, as as long as it's consensual, and I don't think that uh, can the pigeon, pigeon can, consent. Yeah, yeah, can the pigeon consent? We're asking I, I the think, hard questions here on the film stage Look, show. You this, know, this, this uh, whole... tra- transmissions from Mars and uh, and yeah. love from pigeons. You know, right. So anyway, Michael, answer <laughs> anyway, the question: uh, Can a pigeon consent? Uh, no, no. Um, I, I I guess what I'd say about this is you know i don't really want more tesla in this but i wish i guess maybe its final conclusion was a little bit more multi-dimensional as its as its methods like one thing that i particularly like here and i, I mean brian i think you're totally right that almereda is far more interesting interested as both the writer and the director uh in how people perceive him and his reactions and, you know, little bits like how, um, you know, for instance, when they're describing the hundred thousand dollars that is given to Tesla for an investment, Mm. um, and you know, uh, by Ann's dad, correct? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, thank you. Again, um, I, his name yeah. is J.P. Morgan. He's a very famous man. Yeah, no, no. Okay, fine. I'll say, I'll say J.P. Morgan from now on. James so, yes. Pierpont Morgan. Fine. Jurassic Park Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, James Pierpont Morgan, when he gives Tesla $100,000, I like how Anne goes into a thing about two different paintings that were the same amount that he spent that yep. year as in like and and i think there's something i think there's something one there's something dryly funny about that but i also love that this movie for as much as like the dialogue sometimes feels very intentionally unwieldy it's also very fleet in how it can move into here's how a painting uh, is reflected in culture in the context of Tesla. Here is, you know, it, here is a, a, a small sense that, yes, obviously Tesla was a huge figure in history, but it does matter <laughs> that he, that Edison gets millions upon millions more hits in the modern day. Well, not like, only that, I, but I he gets millions something. upon millions more dollars in the, in the, <laughs> I mean, like, there's a, there is a there is 100% first of all I need to say this it's John Pierpont Morgan I am so sorry to the descendants oh, of JP Morgan <laughs> who I may have offended um I think they're fine <laughs> yeah probably yeah, they can cry into their millions of dollars <laughs> his friends called him Jack anyway uh so what was I going to say there's a reason that she before bringing all that stuff up talks about Edison creating like the Edison mining company and just being like he spent 4 million dollars of his own money and he failed and then he's just standing there staring at the literal slag heap and going well it was fun to spend it i guess and i'm like who has fun spending money on a mining company (laughs) find more fun like electrocute a couple more elephants i legitimately think that would be more fun than spending money on a mining company right that was speaking of speaking of electrocution i feel like one of my favorite sequences is all that build up around 
the test death penalty scene, yeah. the test electric chair scene, especially the the strange Elon of of the first person, not to be confused with Elon who owns a Tesla, but uh, the <laughs> Elon uh, of the uh, of the guy facing the chair, where he he too like the rest of the movie very fine with this. He's like, I know I'm going to a better place. I know this is something we need to do. Let's get on with this, shall we? Um, And just the way Elmerita treats it with such mundanity, and especially that harsh, like, sharp smash cut to him just frying in that chair. Yes. Um, It's so cold and alienating in in such a... There's such an intriguing distance with all of this, the way Tesla is from the rest of the world. And I think, you know, going back to our closest point of comparison experimenter i think it's fitting that experimenter is in in that film milgram is his own narrator so he's giving you this deeper understanding of what he feels his legacy is whereas in tesla we get Anne morgan doing it where it's it's again like it's a movie about everyone else in the world trying to understand tesla this man with his own motivations and ideas who's unwilling to share them or open up with them and that sort of ends up being his downfall by sort of being unable to play the game um despite his genius ideas um it just doesn't work out and i think all of that stuff sort of dovetails in in, in repeat viewings especially because i've seen this twice now i think a lot of that falls into place on a second viewing it it moves by faster i'll say that I am. Um, I want to. I want to touch on William Francis Kemmler for a second. The man who, the first man who was killed by electric chair. I mm-hmm. love that. Like, first of all, I love that Westinghouse is like he's an axe murderer. Though to be fair, he did it with a hatchet. It was a hatchet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a hatchet. Um, I, I love, love that, that kind of deadpan shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like eh, axe murder is really a hatchet. Um, I do. I do like that they made that distinction though, because to my mind, axe murder much more baller than uh, hatchet murder. Yeah. <laughs> You really got to wind up with a with an axe, you know? Like, you got to know where you're striking a hatchet's just like a clumsy knife. Anyway. What was, it was made board? for a clumsier <laughs> like Myers comedy. So I married a hatchet murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Lizzie Borden was an axe, but she was also a little okay. girl. So a hatchet could technically function as an axe for her. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you all know when Cora gets her first axe. Um, oh, that'll be fun. Please don't. No, I'm going to get her like a three quarters axe when she turns seven. Um, yes. She constantly asks to use my pocket knife. And I'm like, not until you're five. And everyone around me is constantly like, what? You've got to be licensed for that. Um, anyway, what was I going to say? Um, the, uh, yeah, it's it was. A, it, and then I love the, the like you said, the build up to it. Where it's like, you know, it's Jefferson wants to use your alternate current. You know, and it just keeps talking about how dangerous it is, and then he doesn't die at first. And they're like, oh, great, the guy lived. <laughs> it sort of proves that we're safe, this poor man. But, like, I just, his deadpan attitude reminded me of, does anyone here know the name Carl Panzram? No. He was no. a incredibly violent multiple murderer. Um, I don't, I, he's one of those people who, like, he confessed to killing like upwards of 20 men, but only like five were confirmed. And so it becomes a question of like, did he want to look more badass or did people just really not give a shit back then? And you, you Clint talking about his like, yes, yes, I'm going to a different place or a better place. Like blah, blah, blah. Let's move on. Reminds me of the last words uh, that Carl Panzram uh, supposedly said in 1930, when he was hung at Leavenworth, he said, uh, they asked if he had any last words and he responded, yes, Hurry it up, you Hoosier bastards. I could kill a dozen men while you're screwing around. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Wow. 
Carl Pan's right. Uh, interesting dude. Look him up. He is a, a scary looking guy. I, I think too. The other thing, uh, I, one of uh, one of many things too that uh, brings in what Clint was just talking about in the sense of everyone's trying to understand him is I think it's really interesting when um, I, I think it's Westinghouse is, is reading the newspaper story uh, next to a Tesla. I can't remember, or maybe it's his assistants. Um, I apparently have face blindness today. <laughs> uh, anyways. Um, it's, so someone else is reading the story or reading the newspaper story aloud uh, about how the execution did not go correctly. And like Tesla's leaning in as it goes in, but then, um, you know, uh, is it, is it Anne then comes from the other room? I'm trying to remember who. What is going on? Is it Catherine? No. Um, guys, what character comes in the room in that scene? Um, is it Anne? Is, is it Anne? Yeah, okay. Anne. All right. Face blindness. Um, yeah. So Anne um, comes in uh, in the room, and it's almost like the film is leaning in. Like, wait, Tesla's like interested in something like he's enraptured in this newspaper story in a way that we rarely see him fixating on something other than his own experiments which again like as as you're saying as you were saying clint like it's it's sleepy but it's like this stream of consciousness like mm. uh, like the words are like an incantation when he's describing his next invention or something. So I, I think all of that does give credence to this idea that this movie very intentionally doesn't want to give you any sense of what Tesla is actually thinking. Because it's it's less interesting than, for instance, why he's obsessed with Sarah Bernhardt. Um, yeah, I sorry, I don't know where I was quite going from that, but again, <laughs> just speaking to the to the ways that they're uh communicating that almost um unaccessible or inaccessibility of uh, right and, and i do yeah. think he is interested in his inventions because i think part of the reason he's interested in that story is because it confirms that alternating current is not like in, as deadly as edison says it is and so i think there is like that is one way to perk him up i think that's one of the interesting things about his and Anne's early interactions as Anne is trying to figure him out and I think the closest way to get to his heart is to talk about his inventions. It feels it's it's kind of the the or the late nineteenth century version of these Facebook posts, that, these Twitter posts that are going around about uh, about dudes going on first dates and talking about all the the literature they're into, which I have conflicting feelings about. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it is that that thing where yeah, the way Hawk approaches Tesla, you know, like we said before, like you know, he never he never uh, raises his voice above a whisper whether to keep him mysterious or to allow Hawk to not have to go too deep into an accent. We don't really know, but, uh, but it's a really interesting choice and its consistency makes it very interesting too, because it, at times uncharitably, it makes Tesla feel one note, but I also feel like that is just so essential to who Hawk's conception of Tesla is just as this man so closed off and so in his own head, that that is what gives him the ability to create these or to imagine these amazing things and he cannot convey them um, accurately. It's almost like David Fincher's version of Mark Zuckerberg in Social Network <laughs> where where he is this just this, this closed off nerd who's definitely an asshole and cannot 
except without the sense of uh, of, of business savvy or exploitation. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's more like the Andrew Garfield. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I just want, I want more opportunities for us to all do our Tesla, Ethan Hawke's Tesla accents right now. What's stopping us, really? I've invented a sandwich. It's a turkey sandwich that rests atop another turkey sandwich. (laughs) I call it the club. (laughs) (laughs) Then he dipped it in batter and fried it and called it a Monte Cristo. Oh, Um, man. That's why he deserves to live forever. He invented the Monte Cristo. The Monte Cristo, yeah. Um, but we're also we're also skirting around. I think what is unequivocally the best scene in the film, which uh, maybe I mean it's in the trailer too, so I don't even know how much of a spoiler it is. But and it's not even plot related, but it's just near the end where and I guess a spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it, um, where just out of nowhere, Ethan Hawke just gets to be Nikola Tesla doing uh, a low, a low whispered, murmured version of everybody wants I to rule the world. I was legitimately. OK, here's the thing. When that started, was anyone else expecting him to sing like really like as Ethan Hawke just like really belted out? And were you like I just gleefully surprised that he didn't break Tesla voice? <laughs> oh, I wish I had a camera on me in the theater at Sundance when that scene started, because I probably looked like a kid on Christmas fucking morning. <laughs> I was <laughs> laying oh my God, in my bed watching this? on my television and I was like, is this the end of the movie? They're playing the song. And then I was like, oh, my God, what's happening right now? <laughs> and they're going to do the whole song, <laughs> the too. whole fucking song, showing you clips from the movie that you just watched. And then Ethan Hawke with his dead eyes and his glorious mustache just goes. Welcome to your life. And I was like, ha, 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 yeah, baby. <laughs> you just know the memes are going to flow from like how many people are going to do, are going to overlay other songs over that. Um, <laughs> and so like, and suddenly a, a thought comes into my brain. What if, uh, what if, uh, what if WAP was the song that you can talk to sing? <laughs> I have heard so much talk Five about freak. WAP, but I have not heard WAP. And at this point, it's become like when Blurred Lines was a thing and everyone mm-hmm. just kept talking about that song. And I was like, I haven't heard it. I haven't avoided and it. I just he haven't heard it, it. Would he do the Ben Shapiro thing of calling it wet ass P word? Well, the, the funny thing is, I think I, week. I, I think I think you will not have uh, the uh, the omnipresence of Blurred Lines that uh, WAP will probably not have. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know, I, Bill. I just, Everything's I fucked up. Going, I mean, going, going into gas. Legs. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. My favorite, my favorite thing about that thing is CeeLo Green clutching his pearls about it when his biggest song ever is called "Fuck You." <laughs> yeah, but that was like that was like a piss off song. This is a <laughs> whatever. He can't. Come on. Well, CeeLo Green is also one of the first people to ever be canceled before canceling was even a thing. So why does he have a platform? It really is what I we should all be asking. I think he's just jealous that the radio edit of WAP is so much filthier than the actual song because uh, they replaced it with Wet and Gushy. Yeah. Wet what? Is Undoubtedly filthier. That yeah. is that is one of the many times, and I can't think of any off the top of my head because I am exhausted mentally, physically, and emotionally. But there are so many things like that where it's like the 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 parental advisory version is like somehow worse. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. I love that because that had to have been such a deliberate choice. Like they knew what they were doing. 
They're like, this will work. It's like, um, you, the, I think about this every now and then. Um, there was in, in Fight Club when Marla Singer has just been railed by Tyler Durden. She says, um, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. And <laughs> and that is a horrifying line. But they got it in there because the first line they wanted to put in there was, I want you to have my abortion. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> And I'm just like, I don't, I am a man who believes that life begins at conception. I still think that's better than I haven't been fucked like that since I was a prepubescent girl in elementary school. Um, but that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> so many right, things right. like that. But anyway, yeah. So uh, Ethan Hawke sings uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which I played at the top of this episode. And um, it's amazing. <laughs> You you That's better be playing ACDC at the end of this episode, by the way. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't uh, know what song. The song at the I end just... of this uh, episode, uh, I will tip my uh, tip the bean can a little bit, was inspired by the fact that towards the end of this movie, everyone just is talking about things happening over the air or through the air. Okay. It's like sending like, you know, signals over the air, electricity over the air. It's in the air. I'm going to do it through the air and the sea. So it's a beam of a beam of hypercharged particles that will decimate an army or a squadron of airplanes. <laughs> I just him, him. This is this is. A, I mean, we're making fun of him and his voice, but it's a legitimately haunting image. This like yeah. wealthy yep. ass family just playing doubles while he's <laughs> there on the other side of the fence, not even near the door to the yeah. the, the racquetball yeah. court, the tennis court, just like mumbling as he melts into the bushes. Not literally, you know, about his his death ray that he's creating, yeah. <laughs> um, which uh, was a real thing that he believed he could do. And I think that was a little bit of his problem. He's one of those guys, you know, you, you're like, hey, man, what are you doing this weekend? And he's like, I'm going to build a bookshelf. And then you talk to him like 45 minutes later and you're like, hey, any uh, progress on that bookshelf? And he's like, I bought a 1967 uh, Toyota Corolla and I'm going to rebuild it into a death tank. And you're like, all right. <laughs> all right bill call, call the police <laughs> yeah what was his name bill i don't know i feel like a guy named bill would do that <laughs> maybe not you Classic specifically that's a Classic real bill, bill. um a guy I mean, like a guy named doug wouldn't do that but you know those people who like escalate their plans and then at a certain point you're just like uh your wife left <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she, took, she took the kids you should talk to someone he's like no, 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 man. No, we, we got to take this uh, rocket ship to the moon to prove it's hollow. Yeah. <laughs> made of cheese, baby. Oh, yeah. Hollow and um, made of cheese. So it's like the e- the the shitty Easter bunny. Of it's it's the, Swiss cheese. Of planetoids. Yeah, because of the holes. Because of I, the I holes. Have, <laughs> I have to say, that, that <laughs> scene is really sad where he's on the opposite side of the chain link fence. But I also, when his assistant brings that compass, to him, yeah, he's like, oh. it's already been invented. <laughs> and just oh, his his face as it just sinks into his whole body. So, but he says it was such a fraternal warmth because you know that that character is the only person who really understands Tesla. Um, but we don't. But, you know, Almereda keeps him at the sidelines, too, where he it's it's like he has all these sort of secrets, all this understanding about Tesla that uh, is not there. And so, like, Tesla knows him so well. So when he breaks the news, it's with this like, oh, buddy. Oh, but that's you know, great. Good you for know, you. those uh, those those like sitcom or like, you know, even even like just dramas where like 
it's a TV show and it's like been five seasons in and suddenly like Tim, the best friend from high school who's never been mentioned before, like shows up and Mm -hmm. he's like a crazy fuck up and he like steals cars and does rails of cocaine. But the main character of this show is like, I don't know, it's Tim, like, man, he's my boy. And then at some point there's like a soulful interaction between them where it comes out that like they're the only two people who will understand each other. But then Tim has to go back to the Bay Area to like, you know, do whatever he was doing before he got written into this show and he never comes back again. That's like yeah, Tesla's best show, friend in this. Ryan. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> this guy I know. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, but so what's interesting here. is this movie is about purely that guy. Like the steady hand is Tesla's friend who can like uh what, what's the word i'm looking for like translate for tes- tesla and like keep him a little level mm-hmm. and tesla is is tim from the bay area who's just like oof all your friends hate him and they want him to leave but then it turns out he's really a good guy but then he has to go anyway yeah. is his, name bill? his name is not bill his name is tim <laughs> tim from the no, bay area guy. does, does this make guy. ethan hawk a fail son <laughs> Or is he a large adult son? I don't know. I would love any of our listeners to make me a character poster for Tim from the Bay Area. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> what does he wear? He's got like cut off jean shorts, but like they weren't jean shorts. Like they were just Levi's that he wore to death. Um, he's got a. <laughs> yeah, they just started to unravel. Yeah. He's got a he's got a, a black um like band shirt, but it's so worn that it's like gray and you can't read the screen printing anymore. This, this guy sounds very much like um he doesn't wash his jeans, he freezes them. Yes, and that just, is precisely and, who this man is. Yeah, um, he while like he's at your house. Thing. Yeah, he he wears a a flannel that uh is either brand new or 47 years old and he got off a dead man. Uh, possibly one that he lived next to kid (laughs) yeah he's he's a very old but he's like he wasn't grunge at the time of grunge you know he just kind of like fell into the grunge lifestyle but he still only talks about like how great the eagles were even though he wasn't alive when the eagles were a thing feel peaked in high school energy yeah 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 and he, he he constantly brings it up like hey man remember that time when we went to the ravine and we threw rocks and we like drank beer and it's like dude that was 27 years ago <laughs> anyway he's played by kevin corrigan and um yeah. <laughs> i love the idea that he's just wearing like a sound garden t-shirt or something and doesn't know it's a band <laughs> Right, no, he picked it up like, at a thrift store. <laughs> someone being like, oh, I'm a big Soundgarden fan. He's like, what? <laughs> I don't know where we're going with this. Pantera, but, yeah. huh? That's an interesting choice. I just liked the Panther. I just liked the, I didn't, I don't know who this band is. Nirvana? No, I just like the screwed up smiley face. Yeah, that's this yeah. guy. That's Tim from the Bay Area. There you go. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I will be very upset if no one <laughs> writes like does a character poster for Tim from the Bay Area. And again, I am like leaning towards Kevin Corrigan, but if you feel like you know a better Tim from the Bay Area, just let me know. Tim, is that you? He'll it's also been so long. <laughs> 
Um, oh Christ. I also love that I keep saying the Bay Area because I just refuse to name a specific place. <laughs> you don't want to lock yourself in. Look, you know? the fact is that Tim doesn't have a home, all right? <laughs> he, <laughs> he wanders, he crashes on couches. His Trans Am is his home. Right, yeah. Why does he need a home when the open road is always there to greet him? Yeah. You used to be cool, man. You sold Dan out. Fogler. I feel like this is a very Dan Fogler. Dan Fogler. Character. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like Fogler. Fogler's good, but he's good at playing that guy. Actually. Okay, he's a C-level. Uh, who's who's fucking Black. Olaf? Oh, Jim Gad. Josh no, Gad. something Josh Gad. Gad. Josh Gad. <laughs> But he's Jim like a C-level Josh Gad, and Josh Gad's already a D. So. Spoilers for Hannibal. It's a great moment when uh, Dan Fogler gets his goddamn neck snapped uh, by Hannibal. And then his friend, who is also a serial murderer, says, I was really looking forward to doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like these two men who had this guy around because they're like, he's going to be real easy to kill one day when I just need a fix. I will feel zero remorse. <laughs> Even for a serial killer. Yeah. Like, usually I do it to fulfill a compulsion or because I'm hungry, but this guy's just going to be like satisfying. I'm doing a public service at this point. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyway, anyway, Tesla. Dan Fogler is not in Tesla. No, he's not. He could be, though. He could be. I would not have been surprised if he just popped up somewhere, <laughs> sporting he some works. fantastic beast's facial hair, just being like, yeah. Mr. Oh, Tesla, there's someone right. on the phone for you. I like him a lot in Beast, so. He's he's easily him and Queenie's relationship are definitely the best part of that entire fucking movie. I have literally no idea what you just said. Yeah. Beasts, beasts, fantastic, fantastic beasts, and where to find you know, them? You know, the fans love to call it beasts. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I saw beasts the other day. Caught beasts. <laughs> I, I was by myself. I, 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 so not, not beasts of the southern wild. The Fantastic Beasts of the Southern Wild. (laughs) 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 Okay, so anyway. uh, Fantastic Beasts of the Southern Wild Wild Country. Fantasla Beasts. (laughs) Southern Wild. All right, we're going off the rails. Um, Are there there final thoughts that we have on Tesla? Are we, I feel like usually when this starts happening, it's because we've dried the well. (laughs) We've run out of stuff to say. And I just let us riff for 20 minutes because I figure anyone still listening is bound to be getting a, a real kick out of this. Yeah. But I, 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 I will. Go ahead, Brad. I was just going to say, like, I we I feel like the it's this almost this conversation almost proves a little my thesis that while this is a handsomely made, interestingly acted movie that has a lot of formal and aesthetic merit, I don't feel like it digs deep enough into the character because I can't even see us talking about any arcs um because again it is very reactionary and it's a lot of like these people did this to tesla um but again like with with ahazad balthazar um you could like argue over what the 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 burrow the burrow the donkey represents and in this movie you're just like well, in respect of all five burrows (laughs) (laughs) brooklyn the bronx Queens, queens staten island manhattan I'm so sorry. You guys. I was in a two of the five boroughs. Uh, oh no, three of the five boroughs over this weekend. Oh well, well, only because I had to drive through Staten Island and Brooklyn to get to Queens. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway. I think I had a response, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, okay. I, 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 I will say to you, to your response, uh, to to your point, Brian, about um, 
about how kind of you know plotless it is and like I, I think as a fan of uh as a fan of form over function and someone who believes that uh, that plot is for cowards um i uh <laughs> i personally love the fact that tesla feels kind of sleepy and aimless like it is uh very meditative in that in that kind of way where i don't I don't feel like the goal is to know Tesla all that much. And I think once my expectations lined up with that, like I'm, I know I'm always going to be looking at him from the outside and with, you know, like with all the other characters, including Anne Morgan to view him with this kind of bemused curiosity. Again, I think filtered through the lens of history because we're operating in this film from a, from a sense uh, from this Brechtian fourth wall breaking sense of, we know that we are a bunch of actors on a stage um, talking about, these people who have been dead for a century, um, just knowing the the faded nature of, of of Tesla, like there is a lack of urgency, I think deliberately so. And I think that's a, a staple of Almereda's work too. So I think if you're familiar with with his rhythms and stuff, sometimes that that sort of you know leans in like like experimenter. And I had to rewatch, I, I had to watch uh, Hamlet 2000. Uh, mm-hmm. For the first time in forever, which, by the way, if you go back it's and just, watch that, the it's 2000 fashions in that. <laughs> Hamlet 2000. You, you mean Hamlet? Uh, so not Hamlet 2. Hamlet 2000. Hamlet 2000. Hamlet, the one which where was he produced does the to be or not to be um, speech when he's walking through a blockbuster through the action section. Yeah. Yes. Which is fucking like life changing. It's beautiful. <laughs> this that's definitely a movie that your English teacher puts on and is like, so you think Shakespeare doesn't have anything to do with you, huh? Yeah. Well, why don't <laughs> you take a look at this? It's like O. Everyone remember O? No? Yeah. Oh, oh, I, thought oh, oh I thought you were saying. <laughs> I thought you were but, continuing oh, to go. Hart. Who's on first? <laughs> Mackay Pfeiffer, Julia Stiles, Martin Sheen. Josh Hartnett, isn't he in that? He is indeed in there. He is large Julia on the Julia Stiles poster. was the queen of modern Shakespeare adaptations in the late 90s, wasn't she? Yeah, she was in Taming of the Shrew, yeah. yeah. Yeah, everything. Ophelia in Hamlet, right? And then what is she in O? I think she's she's Othello's gal, ain't she? <laughs> Mrs. Othello. <laughs> Othello's gal. Um... <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. I can't remember Othello's wife's name. Um, Desdemona. Yeah, neither can I. But oh, I'll, yes, I'll... it is Desdemona, and her name is Desi. Yes. And Othello's name is Odin. Or if you're in Australia, she's just Des. <laughs> well, to bring it back to the, the movie, speaking of Desi... Uh, Ivan Masbakrak, uh, who is who is his, his assistant and Desi on Girls, a, a massive piece of shit. Um, he, I, I thought it was really interesting when at one point he's talking about how he went to South America and someone's like, or I think it's Anne, is like, isn't here your best friend? And he's like so confused <laughs> at this notion of of a best friend. But I I think. I think to speak to the arc thing a, a little bit more, Brian, I, I think that this movie kind of bypasses any notion of an arc because it, it's hard to disconnect it from the fact that Anne is narrating the story. And Anne is playing this as look at this person that history kind of overlooked. Isn't he a fascinating <laughs> tragedy? Like mm-hmm. it's, it is very 
it, it's very interesting that, you know, we're only briefly shown some of the other, like, tertiary parts of his life. Like, not only his experiments, but, you know, anything about his personal life, anything about his vices or virtues or, or otherwise. Yeah. And, and I think so much of that is the fact that Anne is curating such a you know specifically <laughs> dissertation about tesla in a way but i if that is the case i i i do fundamentally agree with you brian that i just think that where this ends and the image that it ends on leaves me leaves me feeling like it's it's a pretty standard conclusion in a way, like it's underlining something that didn't necessarily need to be there. Um, though I do kind of like it's weird, uh, you know, almost like montage of his life, the things they pick, <laughs> you know, like there's the Tesla coil, but the other things they pick are are so unusual and seem so, um, so minor. It's just, uh, it's, it's one of the, I think that it's almost like he's too interesting um, because like they, they show him like burying the Tesla coil in the ground and I'm like, I need, I still need after so many movies and so many articles, I still need someone to pause this fucking movie and explain how this works <laughs> because it did work apparently, you know? And why aren't we doing that? Like, what's the fucking issue here? Like why, you know, like in, in, it happens in the prestige, you know, the light bulbs mm -hmm. in the ground and they light up and they pick one up and it's, I'm like. If this happened, which it seems as though some version of that did, what ha like just answer me that like you know it's so weird. Well, uh, I He's mean, ahead of his time. It, it, that it is. Well, and, we're, the, the time is now. <laughs> and like, and does explain like a lot of the experiments that he was doing were have never been able to be replicated, right? right? And which is and crazy. aren't fully understood, especially so, with that like, uh, the 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 Warden Cliff tower that fucking thing yeah. which got sold mm -hmm. for scrap metal which is just like come on i love the miniature by the way they do with that like yeah. this just did a, a transparent uh <laughs> no set that they have there <laughs> I, do, uh, I do love that kind of stuff too I, lo I love that they don't even fuck around with like trying to pretend that they're gonna go to you know whatever location it's just right, like well nah. they have him at niagara falls and he's just in front of a picture of niagara falls wet shivering <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, I do great. like how at one point they do mention Colorado and you get a half second shot that seems to be on location somewhere and then you're just on a sound stage as yeah. in like Sean Price Williams like just got a random shot like in he, somewhere he desert. texted a friend and was like you're near Colorado right can you just get me like a two second clip on your iPhone mm -hmm. um I will say um in, in the 4k 60 frame please <laughs> I have been to Niagara Falls and it really is. I, I almost want like a, a movie dedicated just to like the whole Niagara Falls thing, because like that is you, you stand atop the falls, which it's are immense fun. and very moving. And you look at them and it's like powerful as shit. And then you look down the cliffs and there's this power station and it's so three fucking weird. Did you say three out of five? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Oh, 
I broke Brian. It's fine. I just like I just had an image of you you living a life and just ever like you're you're you get married and you say like that wedding was great. Three out of five. And your your That's wife your wife That's gives birth this. to your child and you're just like, oh but this is the Three best day of my life, honey. Three out of five. <laughs> and then like you're on your deathbed and your child is there and she's like are you proud of me dad are you proud of me that's all i need to know and you just look at her and you die as you say three out of five <laughs> i saw your whole life lived with this insane goddamn rating structure and it was depressing as shit <laughs> anyway tesla Tesla, three out of five. Three out of five. <laughs> but really, we'll like, do if, again. If, if, I know that the Niagara Falls thing seems like a cheesy thing to do, but it, like, legitimately standing nearer to that is moving well, and wonderful. And then like, to look the down and see that like, that power station where Jim is. and Pam got married. What? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you that. Didn't know that? I thought yeah. they got married in a gas in station. Spoiler: They got engaged at a gas station. Look it up. <laughs> I fucking will, I guess. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Speaking of looking things up, do you know who directed O? No. Uh it's not Oliver oh, no. Stone, is it? No, it's <laughs> you did you just choose that because, because he his name is Oliver W and he did W? <laughs> No, but that sure. Yeah, let's say Oliver that. Oliver Stone's the Sufjan Stevens of alphabet-based movies. <laughs> He's gotten two letters in, and he will not rest <laughs> until he reaches the other twenty-four. Right. Oliver Stone is the S- Suzanne shit. Fuck. I don't know what this. The, what's her name? Patricia. Not Patricia Highsmith. It's Suzanne Collins. What? No, that, that's you're the Hunger about, Games, lady, about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, the well, book the, series, the Alphabet Mysteries. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Oh, I don't Sue know. Grafton, I think, is her name. Oh, that might be it. Yeah, Sue Grafton. Anyway, I'm Tim looking Blake it up. Nelson yes, that's her. She, A is for alibi. Blah blah blah. Uh-huh. So to finish my but, joke, my years of working at the library <laughs> paid off. Oliver Finally. Stone is the Sue Grafton of the cinema. Um, no, O is directed by Tim Blake Nelson. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, good work, <laughs> He's good. I like him. He also plays uh, what? What? Looking Glass, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, in the Watchmen, that they're Watchmen, that they're them, they're Watchmen. Who watched him He's though? Cohen repertory at this point, probably right. Yeah, yeah he played brother Delmer. In remember character names. Oh brother, we're out there. Yeah. Oh brother. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Released Show the year now. before. Oh. So what does that tell you? Uh Tim Blake Nelson probably has the first two O entries in any alphabetical listing of <laughs> movies all sewn up. Yeah, probably. Anyway, uh Tesla. <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> See, the funny thing is there is actually a lot to discuss in this movie, but we're just... We're I'm just so, so punchy. <laughs> it's been a long day. I know yeah. Brian is tired. I've been up for 20 hours. I slept I for three hours last night. That's not helping me. I thought yeah. I would get a nap, and then my babysitter texted and was like, I hurt my back. I don't think I could come today. And I was like, that's fine. I can handle this alone. 
<laughs> I'm technically supposed to be covering Fantasia Fest, and I think I'm probably six to eight reviews behind on that. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> That's all right. I was like three days late with my review of The Tax Collector. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're clamoring for that one. What's weird is that now I don't know how many I don't know how many uh views I usually get on any given article, but our benevolent Lord and Master Jordan Raup made a point to reach out to me and tell me how many people had read it. And it was like in it was a pretty high number, if I recall. Oh. And I was just like, oh, that's crazy. I guess when you're like one of two vaguely positive reviews on a movie. You get yeah, a lot of probably hits. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Yeah. Those airheads. Airheads. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> yes. Put your hands in the air. air, air. Uh, oh no. <laughs> uh that's right. I just turned we on the tax the collector and here. I said, Oh god damn, this is my jam. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh mama. So this is an interesting, uh, eclectic movie. You know, it's a lot of disparate parts, but I really think that it is an interesting, uh, like I said, it is, it is like a sampler platter, but I think if you are unaware of Tesla, this movie is an interesting way to get invested in his story and to, uh, discover the desire to learn more about him. At times it is a little sleepy though. It put me to sleep. Did it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a shame. I thought you really liked it. <laughs> I know. I, I know, think it, it was, was a really good nap. Okay, it was. So it was four out of five. <laughs> Did you dream of electric sheep? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, I would say Tesla's the kind of movie where you can like fall asleep in the middle and then like wake up like near the end and be like, mm, "This is nice, just in time for everybody wants to rule the world." <laughs> I didn't miss a thing. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it was right around the period when they start doing the. Uh, uh, putting that guy to uh, electric <laughs> electric death. <laughs> putting <laughs> electric death. putting that guy that's, to electric that's death. That's the name of my uh, self published book of poetry. <laughs> putting that guy to electric death. Death. Yeah. Yeah. It's very. It's very. It's, it's inspired by the beat poets. You know. <laughs> my favorite Donna Summer deep cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I will say, you know, I I just I. You know, even acknowledging all of Tesla's faults, and there are, you know, more than a few. I just think there's just, you know, oddly enough, there's an energy to it that I that I really, really dig. Oh, no. um, and and just as someone who is like unironically just a huge fan of drunk history, which R.I.P. You know, yeah, um, that's sad. That's very, very sad. I just I love seeing these anti biopic looks at history that do not follow the kind of Merchant Ivory wrote like you know history paper formula where like you said earlier um i think i think you know you said it michael is trying to get to the soul of the person um or even just like even tesla exploring the failure to get into the soul of this person who was like so in, so influential yet so sort of overlooked until now because i i one of the things i find curious about a tesla movie coming out now is that by now everyone knows the name tesla if only because of the stupid fucking cars but yeah. um but I mean, you know, their the prestige I think really brought brought him back mm -hmm. into public consciousness in an interesting way. And so, you well, know, even I before do find that, myself thinking the, um, like, why now? the internet for whatever reason like found <laughs> Tesla and latched on him. I remember reading like cracked articles because it's all about the I it. fucking love science people. Yeah, and yeah. they're just like, yeah. oh, you you everyone knows Edison. He's like the the fucking Beatles of 
He's the original rock star scientist. Right, Look but out, Tesla is like the the underground Liverpoolian, you know, rock band uh, that inspired the bands. Beatles. What? Uh, pick a band then. I I, I want to hear the the band you're going to pull as a. I literally a, don't uh, have one. Uh, they never had a name. They only played two shows, and um, <laughs> their 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 lead singer was killed in a knife fight over a bird. <laughs> and uh the, the news the newspaper articles did not delineate whether that was an avian bird or a slang term for a woman oh god <laughs> oh, so i have invented a band i have invented tim from the bay area <laughs> what have you assholes done this episode <sighs> Uh, made a lot of puns. Hey, talking to Ethan Hawke voice. Yeah. Oh, you did come up with airheads. Yeah. Air, air, yeah. Air. I'm an uh, airhead. I would say a, a few more anti-biopics uh, that I've really enjoyed in recent years: uh, "Quiet Passion" from uh, Terrence Davies and uh, Neruda from uh, Oh my God, Pablo Lorraine. Yes, thank you. That's Which, an adaptation of the anime, right? <laughs> no, that's Naruto. Sorry. <laughs> There is a point where Naruto Pablo does Naruto. a Naruto run, though. It's really interesting. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I know that shows like 500 episodes or something. He's bound to crop up somewhere. Which is interesting because Naruto is basically about the unknowability of Naruto, but specifically through the perspective of a police officer that is failing his whole life to catch him. <laughs> so yeah, it, yeah, and that's Pablo I, Lorraine too, right? Like it's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. I really liked Jackie by Pablo Lorraine. Yeah, you know, I think that's, that that's, that's my like top tier. Yeah, I am. Um, I don't know that I would call that a biopic, but as like a snapshot in the life of someone that actually like really shows their personality, I think that's a fantastic. Uh, Fantastic thing. Apparently, Radioactive does kind of a halfway anti-biopic approach, although apparently it's not very successful. The Imagine Dragons song. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and I and yes, I did make a, a pun about that song in the headline of our review. Um, what was it? Tell me. Oh my God! I need to know. Um, oh, maybe I think it might have been Radioactive. Isn't enough to make your systems glow. <laughs> 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 There you go. I mean, Marie Curie and Radioactive kiss. welcomes you to a new age. Yeah, no, Radioactive isn't enough to make your systems blow. That's what it is, yeah. God damn it. I'm so angry and jealous <laughs> and envious and I hate you. You can't see it, but I'm taking a deep bow. Um, <laughs> As well you should. Um, <laughs> what happened to Imagine Dragon songs and movie trailers? Oh, man. My uh, favorite? What happened to movie trailers? <laughs> yeah, what happened to movies? I don't know. I saw that fucking Batman one. The 12 oh, yeah. seconds of it that it. had some light. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I tried to see it. Um, what was I going to say? The, my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite memories of uh, living a life pre COVID is when I was in the movie theater seeing the murder on the Orient express trailer for the first time. And it cuts to like triple mustached Kenneth Brana. And he says, my name is Hercule Poirot, and I am perhaps the greatest detective who's ever lived. And then just Imagine Dragon smashes through the fucking sound system with that stupid, you're back there, you're back there, believer. And I was just like, what is this fucking goddamn movie doing? Why was that their choice? 
what if Tesla did that song now? Would it be good? I think that I, again, to 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 uh, <laughs> piggyback off what Clint said, anyone who wants to just dub over with their own Tesla version of any pop song, yes, please, would be amazing in that. Doesn't matter. It's it. like Tesla just up there saying, "Oh, I'm on a rock down to." Electric. <laughs> we built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. Love and it. I Tesla. will always love you. Oh <laughs> when a man. Okay. Loves Let's get the all right, that's it. All right. We've all right, had some laughs. Last... I got other shit. Yeah, I got a chicken in the oven. <laughs> do you really i do oh jesus it's probably resting i'm, I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. and, uh, i don't want it to get cold so it's a live chicken is what you're saying <laughs> yes yes anyway um so i i may have legitimately blown out my voice doing uh the bodyguard song in the voice of nikola tesla <laughs> so i'm not doing a bit right now this is just how i sound at the moment i need to go get some water so we should wrap up does anyone have any final thoughts before we leave about Tesla or just in general at this point I will accept either please vote please vote that's my final thought on that stupid movie bracket that's been going on for seven months where they put Twin Peaks the return on as a movie anyway where's the lie Um, all over the fucking place you goddamn animal (laughs) <laughs> though i know that you did say that was the most stirring work of art ever created by human hands three out of five i so. i have never <laughs> i was like where are you going with that? <laughs> it was like a four 4.5 maybe i don't know <clears throat> clint do you like do the 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 grades for like what michael writes uh, no, we don't do grades. We don't believe in grades at the school, God Brian. Bless you. We just, we're holistic, man. We just <laughs> let the wind blow. And like, I, I've actually had to start asking my writers uh, to just tell me whether they think it's fresh or rotten because half the time <laughs> it's, you, I don't know where these mixed reviews fit in the fresh rotten binary that we have to submit, which is how we yeah. get things like ours is the only rotten review of Hamilton on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> where it's just mixed enough and our writer had just enough problems with like the politics of it and the discourse around it that it skewed just toward negative and then suddenly the comments came flooding in we're like congratulations you got your 15 minutes of fame and a language not like this not like this well it was funny i had to be i had to tell my editors like gina and 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 matt spola a regular film stage contributor i must not chase hate clicks i must not chase hate clicks i must not chase and then i gave them a screen cap of our stats (laughs) it was just a huge line i um when i wrote my review the tax collector i think i gave it like a c minus and Jordan Rao came back to me and said, so I read this whole thing. I'm going to change it to like a C or a C plus. And I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, yeah, this comes off as like, you know, a lot more positive than what I would call a C minus. And I was like, I don't know how to, I don't know why I even bother putting a fucking letter grade down. Cause it's always yeah. wrong. I do letter grades for COS and it's always like pulling teeth. I never know what I, f- how to distill it. Cause then I always feel like the inherent pressure to compare it to other gr- letter grades I've given. And it's so mm 
deterministic about like how I feel in the moment, you know? Right. Well, that's like when we gave Dunkirk like a C minus, but we gave the mummy a B plus or something. <laughs> and the fucking Damn. internet wanted our throats. And so Jordan uh. published an essay I'd written for my personal site as a way of like an apology, I guess. I don't know. Right. <clears throat> anyway, uh, we should go. You've got a chicken that's resting and probably needs to be woken up soon. Um, otherwise, yes. it won't sleep through the night. <laughs> right. oh boy all right so this has been an interesting episode hopefully y'all have enjoyed it um tesla is currently available on vod so check that out if you would like let us know your thoughts podcastfilmstage.com or you can email us or no you email us podcastfilmstage.com or you can find us on social medias uh, at filmstage show and, of course, we are brought to you by Mubi. Go to MUBI.com slash Filmstage for your free 30-day trial. You can check out Mountains Made Apart, which is awesome. And I can't look forward. I can't look forward to seeing it. I cannot wait to see it. I am looking forward to it. And clearly we that need to get out of here. crazy ja. Like, I, I, that's the one I'm not wild about. But uh, I, I'll be curious to hear what you say, Brent. Sweet. Cannot wait. Yeah, yeah I like Ja. Ja rules. Yeah. <laughs> did you really? Did you do that on purpose? I leave that to you to decide. <laughs> that was a fire joke. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm spitting straight fire. We're not allowed um, to be on a podcast together ever again. No. Nope. nope. <laughs> this is how chickens get cold, Brian. <laughs> Welcome our regular Clint Worthington. <laughs> Taking over. Anyway. Anyway, um, what was I gonna say? Uh let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now and the next time that we assault their ears with terrible puns. We begin as always with our guests. Clint Worthington, where can people find you online? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Clint Worthing. Um, you can also find me on the podcast Revolta Cage with Nathan Rabin, which is, you know, you can find it wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. You can also find my writing at The Spool, at thespool.net, and uh, on other places, including Consequence of Sound. Uh, on The Nerdist, I just posted a Darkman anniversary piece that I'm pretty proud of. Um, and wherever you can find my name, just to Google me. Okay. It's aggressive. <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you're going to get all those uh, weird Sam Worthington clicks. People aren't going to know what they're Oh, doing. yeah. Don't you talk to me about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> that man has <laughs> fucked my SEO. Yes. <laughs> you Google Clint Worthington. People are like, did you mean Sam Worthington? Mm-hmm. You must have. Pretty much. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, Michael Snydell, what are we talking about next week? We are talking about uh, a movie that Brian likes a little bit. We're talking about Terrence Malick, guys. We're, we're, we're going to talk about Days of Heaven and uh, in part because of Linda Mance and her recent passing and in part because Brian has literally wanted us to do a classic episode of a Malick movie for, I'd say, since the first episode I've ever been on. <laughs> since so. the concept of classics was first floated. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> As long as man have looked to the skies, he has dreamed of flight. And as long as Brian Rowan has been behind a microphone, he has wanted to shout about Terrence Malick. Or whisper while brushing your hand through a wheat field. Yes. And this is the weediest of all of Malick's films, and I am stoked. 
to talk about. Do you really think it is? I guess it probably is. Name me a Malik film that someone should do a ranking has more how wheaty each (laughs) Malik film is. It's literally a wheat farm. All right, all right. God damn it, Michael. Anyway, I look forward to doing this and then somehow finding when Jim Caviezel dies. We're totally talking about the Thin Red Line. Okay. Cool. And then talk about the Passion of the Christ three days later. Yes, exactly. I can't. I would. I would love to just fucking set my life on fire by talking about Passion of the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, <clears throat> moving on. Uh, Bill Graham, where can people find you between now and the next time? Uh, you can find me on the internet uh, on Instagram at Billstagram, uh, posting photos of my new cute puppy, and then also on. Uh, Twitter at CableBFG, and uh, I do promise I will start getting into the Slack channel. You always say that. Bill, You're a how much has the puppy been letting you get lately? Oh, no, she's been fine. Um, I, I broke her of that. Uh, what we did was uh, my fiance was having trouble because she was, you know, waking up in the middle of the night constantly. And every time she whined, we didn't know whether it was a whine to go potty or a whine just because, you know, she's a puppy. And so uh, what we did was we uh, slept towards the end of the bed and uh put the cage the kennel up against basically as close as possible Mm -hmm. to the bed so that when you're asleep initially you just reach your hand out and the puppy can kind of sense it lick it if it needs to and then we'll go back to sleep and so i broke her of that in one night (laughs) that's weird that's exactly what i did with my daughter yeah it it works put her cage right next to the bed your cage. Just dangle your hand so she can lick it if she needs to. <laughs> okay, someone's going to call child services on Ryan. <laughs> if the pictures of her doing legitimate work in the distillery haven't gotten CPS called on me, nothing will. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, boy. Um. Anyway, that's Bill Graham. Training dogs and buying desks. Michael Snydell, what about yourself? I'm on Twitter at Snydell. Um Yeah, um, I'm on Letterboxd. I'm on Slack. I do another podcast. It's it's still it's still coming. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's that's it for right now. <laughs> wow, I feel like you didn't use a single proper noun that entire time. <laughs> I, life's on fire a little bit, and I'm, I've been trying to put it out. Well, yeah, I get, I get that. My world's on fire. How about yours? <laughs> but you know what? That's the way I like it, and I'll never get bored. <clears throat> you know what? We can't meme about them anymore because, like, people are probably going to die from listening to All Star, and that's just kind of sad. <laughs> I just want to say we've been doing pretty good about not talking about the tenant thing. Um, there's a point where we're going to have to yell at each other about the tenant thing, though. Okay. Which tenant thing? Just the fact, like, people are like, "Eh, why is he putting it out in theaters? You know, like, that whole thing. Yeah, because he's a fucking asshole. I don't Uh, agree with that, even a little bit. No one is forcing you to go to the theater. Uh, okay. See, this is why I said we're going to have to yell about it. But not now, because I've already started the ending song. And Did I need you see to that go to bed. allowing it at drive-ins unless it's also playing at indoor theaters? 
I don't know why that matters. What? Don't go see it. I don't know what to tell you. If you're not feeling comfortable about it, don't go see it. I don't think they should have I don't think they should have opened it, but also like no one's coming into my house with a gun telling me to go see Tenet. Let's get out of here. Yeah. See, this is what I talked about, Michael. We gotta yell at each other. Yes, we're not there yet. Episode if it's not next year. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, yeah, so as for me, I can be found online. My personal site, brianjrowan.com, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, at brianjrowan. My review of the tax collector is still up on the film stage. I'm sure at some point I'll write some other review. Uh, but while you're there at thefilmstage.com, you can also find every episode of this here podcast. So tune in next week when we talk about Days of Heaven with Terrence Malick, and a guest is in the offing for that. So look forward to finding out who that is. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next time. See, it's in the air, like electricity. No? <laughs> Imagine Nikola Tesla overhearing this conversation. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly what, what he wants. What trickery yeah. is this? <laughs> I've invented I've invented a sound bar that can kill a man in Guam. <laughs> <laughs> and it detects signals from the, from Mars. <laughs> I've invented a podcast that can show you your future, but that won't come true. But it would have if you hadn't listened to it. I got a, I got a special update on uh, on quarantine corner, so I'm I'm excited for this. It's it's relevant to this. We should we should definitely start this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we got some kitty ASMR going on over here. I feel like we should just like continue to talk as though we are Nikola Tesla. This I know. just that very sort of never never rising above this volume. <laughs> I was slightly Transylvanian. the lady petting her cat. Yeah. All I wanted was new countertops, but my mother said you can't put new countertops in when you have such terrible cabinets. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, I guess you're right. I should get the cabinets done. And then she said, you should move your refrigerator, and it spiraled out from there. That's just Daniel Plainview. <laughs> <laughs> I am an oil man. I want no one else to succeed. I only, I want to be the only Our, one who rearranges his I've kitchen. I've abandoned my oh, boy. God. What have we done? <laughs> I hope we're recording. Actually, I'm recording. We are recording, actually, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Good. Okay. Oh, beautiful. Okay. This will go, this, all ten minutes of this will just go to the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get started. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. Go. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Apron, (laughs) a better way to cook. Anyway, all right. Counting down. (laughs) Five. (laughs) Do you need a second, Michael?